This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Cruise Control, the car show on that business station. My name is Rich Bradbury, and as usual, I'm joined on the phone lines by my glorious friends, Arif Ruse. He is the man with the news. Say hello, Arif. Hello, Richard. And Daniel, we've leveled up. Yes. And Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Hello, Daniel. Thank you, and good evening, everybody. And, you know, great to be back with Richard and Arif on the show, the number one uh, automotive show on the air. And on BFM. Um, Now, (laughs) we have a show in three parts, as per usual. News and discussion up front, some car launches in the middle with some new, oh, a new car review at the end. Not an old car review this week. Uh, A bit of a change up for things. Right, um, Arif, um, what's been going on, my friend? Well, a lot has been going on over the past week, right? There's been a lot of rain, a lot of mm-hmm. floods, and uh, it seems to be it seems to be the Malaysian reality these days. Yeah. Yep, sadly. Especially in these past few months. It's almost as if every other week in this monsoon season, somewhere in Malaysia, somebody's losing their houses, their belongings, and of course their cars because of the rising floodwaters. And of course, torrential rain that seems to be more plentiful than uh, our ministers know how to describe. But a few days, a few days ago, happened in the city center, obviously, car parks right in the heart of town, back roads and highways all flooded. Mm-hmm. And it seems clearer, you know, as the days go on, that uh, even us Klang Valley folk, the, one of the most developed states in Malaysia, mm-hmm. nowhere is safe from inclement weather. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're sat on your high horse and then, of course, it's business as usual. And don't forget, it's business as usual because your convoy of 50 police cars and outriders do indeed have the right to halt an ambulance responding to an emergency for the second time in a few months. Oh, this is getting spicy. Ah, just annoyed at everything, you know. <laughs> if anything, you know, all of this seems to be a reminder that now's probably the time to spend a bit more of our own precious money to tick that special perils checkbox in your car insurance. Mm-hmm. I haven't personally, but it seems like, you know, people keep throwing garbage everywhere. Our environment minister have nothing to say but make more despicable statements. And the government will continue to reassure us for the next 25 years that they'll be studying how best to mitigate floods in Malaysia. And, you know, it's not like everybody's made a lot of hints as to how we're going to stop this, right? There's Mm. research all across the world. But, um, yeah, anyway. Are you, are, you, are you feeling better? Feel, feel better for that? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Actually, he's let it all out. He's let it all let out. It all out. I, I can feel his pain. You know, I can feel yes, it. yes, I, I agree. One of the, the clues is in, you know, the title of the place that we live, Klang Valley. You know, we live a in a valley. It's, it's going to get flooded <laughs> over time. And, it, and if you start taking away those trees and you start building in areas that, you know, are used as areas for runoff and whatever, and you do keep throwing trash in the Long Kang and whatever, it's going to flood over and over and over again. There's no getting away from that. Did you guys see the video of Old Klang Road or something that, that was flooding? And all a policeman had to do was ride up to the drain, pull out a few garbage, and suddenly all the water disappeared. Mm. Well, I just saw that. I was just like, wow. Yeah. But you see, who who do you blame for this? Oh, 
There's a long list. There's yeah. a long list, but I, I think it starts with this. This is my analysis, okay, guys? Okay, mm. just my analysis. If you go to any area where there's a lot of shops, restaurants, uh, or commercial area where there's a lot of uh, industrial shops and, and um, you know, like warehouses, mm-hmm. look at the drains. Everybody throws everything in the drain. Yeah. The town council, and I'm going to say this loudly, the town council enforcement officers are not doing their job or they're just closing one eye because they are, they are being buttered. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's garbage and all kinds of residue going into drains, I mean, the drains are deep. I look at the drains in my neighborhood in PJ. They're all really deep and they just redid a lot of drains. They made it deeper and wider and the flow is fine. But if there's rubbish inside, there is no way that this water can go anywhere but on the road. Correct. I think the drainage system is fine. I think Klang Valley has done a good job in terms of what the town council has done with drainage, but enforcement to prevent people from throwing rubbish inside. Mm. I mean, I'll give you an example. I go to my son's school. I wait outside. The number of parents throwing drink packet, bottles of water, cigarette packet out. Yeah. When it rains, all that goes into the drain and then Mm -hmm. the drain gets clogged up at the next exit. And this is what happens. So, Please don't blame the government alone. I'm not on the side of the government here, but I'm just saying, blame yourselves for, for once, you know? Yeah, I agree. You have created this and, you know, don't don't start pointing the finger elsewhere. If you start throwing rubbish in the right place, even a tissue, if you start throwing in the right place, because I see this every day. I go to the market, I go to the Pasamalam, I see this and it's just disgusting, you know? Mm. I don't know about you guys, and, I, and I'm sure, Daniel, this might be something that you're familiar with. I mean, Arif, I'm, this is, I'm talking about a generational thing here, Arif. I'm not trying to dis, disclude <laughs> it, you. It, it's an age problem. Okay, tell us. It, it could well be an age problem. When I was a kid, you know, it was really drilled into us about uh, you do not ever throw your trash on the floor, ever. Exactly, you know, exactly. It, it, it's always... Um, you put it in a bin and if you see trash out there you pick it up even if it's not yours and you put it in the bin and this became so you know forced in our brains that even when i see it now it makes me crazy and this started at school you know four or five years old and so it's become a part and parcel of who i am i don't know how that is forced upon kids here in malaysia nowadays i don't know is it arif and i say that because you're not a kid <laughs> but you're one of the younger ones here and so you might have a better you know understanding yeah funny enough uh, funny funnily, enough, funny enough. <laughs> funnily enough back in the day I, I just remember getting scolded from my parents mostly rather than right. you know you know school was the place where you run around and get dirty and throw stuff around i don't maybe i was a good boy yeah but you know it wasn't drilled into us as as you put it mm. i don't think so we need a national campaign. There needs to be a national campaign on TV, on radio, and make in the newspapers everywhere. And every, everybody needs to see it and, and take part in it. That's the only no way point. this is no, going to no start point. No point. No point. Because the parents are doing it outside the school. Mm. You know? Monkey see, monkey do. There needs yeah. to be pressure from people like you and me and, and Arif. You know, if you see some idiot doing it, Call them out about it. Yeah, you, know, you try doing it. Maybe, maybe it with your height, you can do it. With my height, <laughs> it will just knock me down a few inches. <laughs> all right. Um, so enough about that. We are a car show after all. Let's get talking about some cars. What have we got? Okay. So a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, I love wagons. And, you know, oh, we know whenever we put up a story of about a new wagon, there'll be so many comments on Facebook, you know, um, you know, my mother had a wagon, my father had a wagon, my uncle, I grew up with a wagon, I grew up in a wagon, I was born in a wagon, you know, wagons <laughs> are the best things, blah, blah, blah. And, and somehow or other, it always comes 50% or 60% of the time, it always comes back to a Volvo. 
a 240, mm-hmm. a 144 wagon, or, an, or even as far back as an Amazon wagon. But in recent years, nobody buys a wagon. Yeah. Okay. And manufacturers have uh, slowly stopped selling wagons. I remember the last time I saw a really funky wagon was the Hyundai i40 station wagon. Yep. And it was fully imported, nice size and everything. Uh, price just below 200000 But then, you know, with the Hyundai badge, which has got, you know, Malaysians tend to think, why should I pay so much for a Hyundai? And then on top of that, a wagon. And then, of course, Volvo tried to revive the wagon when they brought in the V90. Didn't work. It was beautiful. It was large. It was powerful. It had a right price, fully imported, nice kit. But again, I think they sold less than 10. And now, Volvo has brought in the V60 sports wagon. Now, when I look at this car, I think to myself, the 850, the Volvo 850, the car that won the BTCC British Touring Car Championship over and over and over. And it was a wagon. I mean, can you imagine a station wagon going racing and beating hot hatches and streamlined coupes and streamlined sedans, you know? Mm. So when Volvo brought in this V60, I asked them, I said, honestly, how many do you think you're going to sell? They said, well, we want to see whether we can still persuade some some people to look at a wagon instead of a sedan. Now, even sedans are not selling too well because of SUVs. And when you walk into a Volvo showroom or any showroom that sells a wagon, mm. automatically in that showroom will also be an SUV. Yep. And somehow or other, people will just look at the wagon and say, oh, I love it. Let's take it for test drive. Wow, it handles. Look at the way it corners on rails and everything. Uh, but uh, boss, can I buy the SUV? I'll put my <laughs> booking for the SUV. And then you say, well, you know, the wagon is cheaper. I've got more kit on it. No, no, no. I want the SUV. Because... KL always flood, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I got a lot of speed bump and got a lot of pothole and got a lot of this. So the way some of these people talk is like as if they're living in the worst part of Borneo or, you know, in some small kampong or Dusun. Yes, we have speed bumps, we have potholes. And floods. And floods. I mean, the recent floods, if you look at some of the pictures, pickup trucks were floating away. Mm. You know, yeah. SUVs were floating away. Luxury SUVs were literally floating side by side with commercial vans, you know? Mm. So, listen, if it's a flood, it's a flood. It doesn't matter what you're... Small little puddle, yes, it makes a difference. So, the question now I'm going to ask is, I look at the Volvo sports wagon and said to myself, great value, great features, bang on the buck in terms of performance and, and what you're paying for. Mm. But what is its rival? So, instead of looking at sedans, I thought, look at the Audi A5. It's a sports bag. Lovely car. Yeah, mm-hmm. lovely car, great features, fully imported. So, a lot of people will look at the Audi and say... Hey, you know, if you want more space, you want more look, because the sport bag is like a wagon, but not so squarish, okay? Mm. And the Audi, 370000 is a lot of money. Mm. But it's fully imported, it's fully loaded, it's got four-wheel drive, and it's not a plug-in hybrid. It's a mild hybrid, but it's got a two-liter TFSI engine. It does six seconds, you know, which is slightly slower than the Volvo, and a top speed of 250. But had 377000 it's almost 91,000 ringgit more than the V60. The Volvo. Oh my word. Now, the Volvo is local assemble, okay? And then also because the Volvo is a little bit of a volume model globally, they can, they can you know, give you a slightly better price. With the Audi, it's a very special model. So, a lot of people are going to say, you know, yeah, I'm in that budget, but, you know, I can stretch it, but not that much. So, I looked at another option, which is the Audi's closest cousin, and that is the Volkswagen Arteon. Now, when I took this Arteon out for test drive, I liked it. I liked it. Good sound system, good seating, uh, great drive. It's also a four-wheel drive like the Volvo. A lot of space at the back because it's a sports bag. It's got that long, longish rear end. And then when you open the tailgate, it's a huge tailgate. A lot of space. Of course, not as much as the Volvo. 
But mm-hmm. the Volkswagen, because it's local assembled, it's 258,000 ringgit, which is very close to the Volvo. Mm. But the question now, are you willing to pay for a Volkswagen, that Volkswagen brand, that kind of money, or would you rather go for the Volvo? Now, the Arteon is selling much better than the Audi A5 because of its price and its four-wheel drive also. Mm-hmm. And performance-wise, it's also pretty good because it'll do you know, 0 to 100 in about 5.6 seconds, you know, which is nearly on par with the Volvo. The Volvo is a smidgen faster and the top speed is 245. So comparatively now, you've got the Volvo, which is 286, Volkswagen, which is slightly cheaper at 258, and then you've got the Audi, which is really too much on top. So yeah. what would you do? If you're looking for this, this, this kind of vehicle, but you don't want to go to an SUV, or if I could persuade you, to come down from an SUV and get something like this, which one would you go for? Ooh. Volvo all day, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, based on looks alone, I'd go for the Volvo. That's the thing. Um, everyone, everyone says this, but it's square, it's boxy. I know, but it just looks, from the side, it looks kind of silvery and sexy. Exactly. That's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. I, I also like, I think, I think it's an age thing, you know. <laughs> then why does Arif like it? It's, I mean, I know no. I'm older than you, Richard, but you know, I think I think you're very close to me, so I think you know, ah, yeah. it's an age thing. It's an age thing. The younger generation, they, they, they tend to like something more streamlined, something more sleek. Mm-mm. I agree. I went to a, a launch about a week ago, and then I was speaking to one of the other younger people, automotive mm-hmm. journalists, and they were saying, "I'm not really sure about wagons." I was like, "What?" Sorry to interrupt, uh, Arif, but like a few weeks ago when we were talking about this before, I had that. I have that same opinion. Generally, I don't like wagons. You know, as as a rule, don't don't slap me, don't get mean. But <laughs> this particular Volvo just looks nice. Yeah. You know. I'm used to seeing wagons that are very, very square and very, very boxy. And this has just got just a few angles here and there that kind of soften it a little bit, that make it feel less of a wagon. Because the greenhouse is very slim. Mm. The glass area is very slim. And if you put both vehicles side by side, do you know they're almost the same height, the Arteon and the Volvo? So even with that boxy look, it's actually very sleek and low. Mm. Daniel. You know, just now you mentioned that, you know, Volvo wants to figure out whether they can convince buyers to buy a wagon instead of a sedan or an SUV, right? Right. I mentioned similar things. I want to change people's minds. The problem is I asked them for a V60 wagon a couple of weeks ago. They haven't replied. Um, Have you managed to get a car to help them convince people that wagons are just better in every way? Okay, I'll tell you why they haven't been able to get back to you because I also asked for a wagon. Uh, to test drive and uh, they had some COVID issues in the office Oh, and I'm actually picking up my V60 wagon tomorrow morning <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to go see them next week anyway so it, it must be an age thing Arif <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to say that they probably thought you know Daniel more mature better you take the wagon over this young boy who you mm. know prefers the other German brand you know Volvo, let me talk to you a little bit. You're, you're a young brand now. You're a young brand that wants to hinge on its reputation as, you know, BTCC champions, go-anywhere attitude, cosmopolitan lifestyle. I am that person. Well, it's worth a try. I, you, you, you keep trying, Arif. You keep trying. You know, they can only say no, right? They can only exactly. say no. Right. Shall we take a short break, gentlemen? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, folks, uh, we've come to the end of part one, of course. If you missed that, uh, we're talking about rains, floods, um, I don't know, pestilence, war, famine. No, not quite, but we might get there next week. Uh, And uh, we had a bit of a discussion, of course, about wagons again. Uh, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back in part two, we'll be looking at some uh, car launches. We've got the Hyundai Ioniq 5, um, a Rolls-Royce Black Badge Ghost, and um, a a Lamborghini, you know, just to throw that into the mix. We'll be right back here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. Because freedom matters. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Cruise Control and the car show. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with Arif Ruse, the man with the news, and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Um, on to some car launches now. First up, the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Yeah, tell me more about this. Yeah, so uh, this car was being teased for at least a few weeks, and I wasn't really sure when we should talk about it. And as it appeared, so this afternoon on Wednesday, uh, it was finally launched. And this is actually Hyundai's second EV on the market. The first one was the Kona EV, which was launched late last year at about 150,000 ringgit. But this Ionic 5 really isn't just another Hyundai. It's, you know, Ionic. Ionic is their fancy future forward brand. It looks fabulous. It's retro style with retro features and proportions. It kind of looks like a 1970s sort of hatchback thing. Though you went to see it, Daniel, today, uh, it's definitely much bigger than the images suggest, right? You know, in real life, this is actually... Uh-oh, uh-oh, there's a big okay, one you know, you know, there. <laughs> you know the BMW 2 Series Tourer? Yeah. It's a seven-seater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost that size. It's basically, if you take a BMW X3 and slam it down, that's the size of this vehicle. Oh. It's large. It's large. But it's not It's not an SUV. It's a big car. It's a huge car. It's wide. It's got a lot of space inside. The interior is simply awesome. I look at this vehicle and I say this, Elon Musk, watch out. Uh-oh. I have to say that. But you're all, you're all the one for like the, the actual touchy-feely dials, and this doesn't seem to have touchy-feely dials. I know, because I'm not going to buy this car. Oh, okay, <laughs> I can't fair enough. It. But I can understand people who want to go and buy a Tesla, okay? Uh-huh. Especially yeah. now with, with recon dealers selling recon Teslas for 280000 upwards for base models with no warranty, no after-sales, no proper uh, you know, check and balance. You might as well get this brand-new one from Hyundai, all all features. It's fully loaded. It looks awesome. It's as large as a Tesla. And the best part is full warranty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and after sales. And the thing is with this Ionic, I look at it, I think, honestly, if you look at all the, the electric cars on offer right now, this is the one that says, I'm driving an electric car. You know, the Kona was too small. The Mini mm. is too retro. And then mm. the range is not that great. And then you look at the other, okay, like the Taycan and all, a bit too expensive. And then next week, you got Mercedes launching the EQA. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going to be, you know, it's Mercedes-Benz. It's going to be a bit pricey. Then yeah. you got the BMW options, the iX3, which is also not that cheap. But when it comes to electric cars and you look at the range, I think brand is no longer important because everybody has got the same kind of technology underneath. Everybody's got the same kind of uh, wow factor on the inside. Like you said, you know, flat screens, no touchy-feely uh, mm. knobs and buttons. So 
what are you looking at? You're actually looking at a smartphone, you know, like how you compare smartphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned smartphones because the three variants that they launched here all sound like variations of an iPhone. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so starting at 200,000 ringgit, you've got the Hyundai Ionic 5 Lite, which is a real-wheel drive, single motor, uh, 330 kilometers of electric vehicle range. It's still a base model Hyundai though, plus seats, rear view camera. You get all the showy techie bits, 12.3-inch screen, six speakers, and a full safety kit, but they don't somehow spec you a blind spot monitoring for the base model. But if you want to go out and buy something like the Ionic 5 Plus, sounds like an iPhone again, 230,000 ringgit for that. Same powertrain, but adds that blind spot monitoring, some power leather seats, surround view camera, and a dual LED front lights. But the one that I think, or rather Daniel thinks, that is going to steal a lot of sales from the Tesla, and you should probably consider this, it's called the Ionic 5 Max. Sounds like an iPhone 5 Max or whatever. 260,000 ringgit, all-wheel drive, dual motor. It's got a big battery, 300 horsepower, more than 400 kilometers of range. You get 20-inch wheels, seven speakers with a subwoofer and an amplifier. And get this, a solar roof. Your Tesla does not have a solar roof. What? It charges itself, does it? I think it only charges the appliances, like the aircon stuff, right, Daniel? Yeah, but, but it's still a start. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's the way to go. It's the way to go. And, you know, I think the direction is great. And Hyundai has gone really fast forward. I mean, even its sister company, Kia, with the EV6, they've, they've done fantastic development on uh, electric cars. And I think they are going to shock the European car manufacturers. And you must understand something. Hyundai has got the backing of tech companies like Samsung and everything else Mm -hmm. in South Korea. Plus, they have the battery companies also working with them. Yeah. How many color variants does it come in? I know that's not a big question, but it is for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think it's that plenty. because I see a blue and a silver. Yeah. I I haven't seen anything other than that. They have a gold one, I think, but not really sure. The thing is also, you know, I was told that all the stock, I don't know how many units, was sold out even before they were planning this launch. What? And the next batch is also sold out. They didn't tell me the numbers. So you're looking at the third batch before you can get your Ionic. Uh, so, I mean, the batches will probably be 15, 20 cars. I'm, I'm just guessing, right? Mm-mm. But still, that shows that the interest in, in Hyundai now is rising up. The Ionic brand is going to be awesome in the coming years. Mm. And you heard it here first, sir. Huh? Last week, I wrote about this car and I guessed the price right on the dot. <laughs> so I will also guess again, right on the dot, that this Ionic will outsell the Porsche Taycan. Let me ask you a, a hypothetical question. Then, yes, Daniel. let me take my, my, my crystal ball. Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> and put, <laughs> put your monocle in or whatever it is that you need to right. do. Um, do you think that the Ionic could be the East's version to Teslas. Yes. And I think if they come up with enough variants, sorry, enough models, not variants, I think Tesla is going to have a big scare because Tesla now has a lion's share in China and, and America. Yeah. And America, the love for Tesla is huge. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if they push enough Ionics over there and, you know, with different models, mm. I think there'll be a fair playing field. On top of that, with China, there's an issue because why? China are not very comfortable with Korean products. I think you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not a big fan of Korean products. One of the reasons I ask this is because the reason that Tesla does well, right, and and it's not just based on their products. We know the products are good. There's a cult of personality, right, around Elon Musk, and there is, and that helps to shift his product, whether or not it's his flamethrowers or whatever it is that he's selling. 
Right. With Hyundai, there isn't that. They haven't hired you yet, so they don't have a personality <laughs> in front to push. Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm, I'm being very serious here. <laughs> so they haven't hired you yet, Richard. So they don't have a personality in front to push forward that product through. Yeah. But I think the facts and figures will speak for themselves. And I'm going to be a little bold here because my crystal ball is showing me something. That you know, this whole little issue with Ukraine and Russia and China mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. actually have Tesla suffering a little bit in China. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, all the Korean bands out there, you know, yes. Blackpink and BTS and whatever, they should be pushing this, you know. Exactly, they... exactly. Like you can get Malaysian MRT, LRT also to get involved with this BTS thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> For an entirely different reason. Anyway. Yes, yes. But I see what you mean. Yeah, get a personality from Korea to, you know, be in front. Yeah. And, and... But that's what Hyundai did with the Palisade. When they got the Palisade, they got BTS to right, be the right. spokes group. And they did very well in US, you know. Mm. So I think this is the next generation, but I think they haven't got enough production ready because I know everywhere that this car has been, been launched, it's been sold out. Okay. Okay. And then this before we end, uh, next week, exactly seven days from now, Volvo is launching the XC40 electric version. And guess what? The first the batch is sold out. Already? Already. Again, it's not a lot of units, but it's enough to tell us that Malaysians are slowly moving towards this electric car program. But my prediction from the crystal ball is the Volvo is going to be a little bit more expensive. Okay. I guess we better move on then. Yes. So um, to something far more expensive. Yes. yes. Um, it's a roller, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the Rolls-Royce Black Badge Ghost. And it's probably sold out already, right, Daniel? That seems to be the theme of these past two weeks. <laughs> no, you see, the thing is, with, with, with Rolls-Royce, if they launch one, if they launch a car, sometimes they just have one unit, so it's sold out. <laughs> so because when you buy a Rolls Royce, you go in and spec your car, and then they build the car for yep. you. So they'll bring in maybe one or two units, and they'll sell it as is, and they'll give a really good price. But my question here is, I've I've heard about Black Badge about four or five years ago, and I know some of the grey importers were bringing in, and people bought mm. them, and I was shocked that one of the grey importers when he told me I brought in seven units, all were sold. I said just because the leaping lady or the flying lady or whatever you call it is black in color people buy it that's their vision with it right it's yeah, supposed but, to be a bit more darker and you know exactly but I'm, I'm just trying to figure out you know when when a rap artist or a basketball player in america buys a all black people say <laughs> something is wrong with him but <laughs> when rolls royce does it it's okay well i guess it just shows you know how powerful they are yeah so they've just dechromed the car and they charge a little bit more money and they call it Black Badge and it's doing really great. They're never going to invite me to one of their events anymore, you know, Daniel, <laughs> when you say all of these things. Then I'm going to continue talking about how Mazda is like a Japanese Rolls Royce. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but Black Badge, very important car for Rolls Royce because uh, Black Badge, they introduced it in 2016. It was, you know, a different direction for Rolls Royce. Back then, Rolls Royce was all about country living, yacht owning, and you own an estate and an empire. Oh, hello! Exactly, like Mr. Richard Bradbury here. Yes. But Black Badge, you know, is the Rolls-Royce alter ego. It appeals to the younger billionaires. It's the Sasha Fierce of Rolls-Royces. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) The people who, you know, go from country to country, jet setters, you know, they're, you know, owners of digital commodities, alias influencers, tech unicorns, these people who run the digital world. And the Black Badge, according to Rolls-Royce, it's an attitude, hence the Black Badging on everything. You know, the Rolls-Royce Spirit of Ecstasy is only supposed to be in silver, but this time it's in black because 
you know, as Rolls Royce put it, this this is a car for the self confident rule breakers who don't care about what you think. We're gonna blaze our own trails and all that stuff. So um, as Daniel said, you know what they essentially did is dechrome the entire car, painted all the trims with this deep black paint that seems to be as dark as the night sky, including the grill and the spirit of ecstasy. And inside, they've replaced all the wood trims, all the fancy schmancy wood trims with a kind of like multi-layered woven carbon fiber panels, which look really, really good. I'll tell you guys something. Sorry to interrupt, but i tell you guys something. You know how much is a, a 20-year-old second-hand Rolls Royce right now? Say a silver shadow, silver shadow, okay? Because of the road tax and the age and everything. It's about it's about 150 to 200,000 ringgit, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if someone had money, forget about a road tax, buy one of these, go to DIY shop, get a you know black spray can. <laughs> <laughs> and just spray everything that's flashy chrome in black. And immediately you'll double your price. Mm. But, you know, there's no wow factor there. You know, those old Rolls Royce silver shadows were kind of... Uh... It'll be a unique black badge version. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, this uh, Rolls Royce have launched this black badge ghost. Uh, it's uh, definitely not equivalent to buying a $200,000 old Rolls Royce and spray painting it black because it's all, you know, superbly detailed on the inside and the outside. I have literally never seen panel gaps that close and that consistent throughout a whole car. Yes. Uh, I was kind of blown away by it. And, and uh, the Rolls Royce person was uh, talking to me and saying, like, oh, you haven't really spoken to anybody from Rolls Royce. Why? And I was like, speechless <laughs> you know you walk around a rolls royce and it's a rolls royce it blows you away uh but you know the price also blows you away because it is at least four and a half million ringgit exactly oh, you know word. they always start with the duty-free price so i i decided to actually put the tax price on and they called me and said oh can you put back the duty-free price i said listen if you're selling a rolls royce do you really need a duty-free price mm. you know come on we know how much it is with taxes. If you say 1.8 million without duties, you know, a lot of people will not read the word without duties. They say, oh, 1.8 million, I think I can afford it. Then you go into the showroom and then, you know, they give you a cup of coffee worth, you know, $1.8 million. And then you say, hey, I can't <laughs> afford the tax. Then they say, no, we can age it for you in Lankawi. That's how all the rich people enjoy, you know, Malaysian tax-free cars. But no, if you're buying a Rolls Royce, pay the full price, drive it out of the showroom and enjoy it. Can I give you guys another little detail, which I thought was mind-blowing? Please, please go ahead. Go on. So you can see the pictures of the Rolls Royce uh, Black Batch Ghost on Daniel's right. website or our Instagram at BFM Cruise Control. But um, on the side of the car, throughout the whole length of the Ghost, and the Ghost is about five point four meters long. There is a pinstripe that runs from the front to the back of the car, and Rolls Royce says this is all painted by one man. By hand. By hand. So imagine what? painting a straight, accurate line for five meters. I can't even do that five centimeters on a piece of paper. Imagine doing that <laughs> for five and a half meters. And and that same man is the you know darts champion, global darts champion. <laughs> might as well be. <laughs> so I mean, you know, what's your job at Rolls Royce? I paint the lines. <laughs> you know, that, like, that's, oh! I mean, brilliant. Better than saying my job, right? I talk on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, true, true indeed, <laughs> true indeed. Okay, away from uh, lines of one form to um, some much more vicious-looking lines, aggressive-looking lines. It's a Lamborghini. Yeah, it's a Lamborghini Aventado LP seven eighty dash four Ultimate. Ultimate. <laughs> I think that's how it's pronounced. Lamborghini just opened a brand new Kuala Lumpur showroom. 
it's a bit complicated. Lamborghini used to be under a different uh, brand guardian. Now it's under a new brand guardian. The same people who handle McLaren Kuala Lumpur. It's under the umbrella of the Sunway Group. So Tantri was there at the ribbon cutting for the showroom. And also they unveiled this brand new, last of its kind, Aventado, the final model. It's been around for such a long time. This is the final model. And probably after this, the Aventando will be sadly fully electric. Wow. Oh. Yep. That's like so, 95% of a Lamborghini, the engine. Exactly. I mean, they didn't confirm it, but they said, you know, they have to go towards electrification. But of course, you've seen news reports that saying that, you know, in, in Europe, Lamborghini is saying, no, we'll still build, uh, you know, high-powered petrol engines and everything else. But we don't know what's going to happen, especially now with the fuel crisis, fuel prices going up and people are changing their tastes. Yep. And this car, very limited, also pre-tax price, 1.8 million. So the question now, do you buy the ghost with the tanned badges? You know, because the lady went and got a tan, she's now black. Or do you get the Lamborghini Aventador LP 780-4 Ultimate? I'll go first this time. I'm, I'm normally the one who goes last. I'm going to go first. Um, yeah. I would go with the Rolls Royce. And let me tell you why. Because I can fit more of my friends in it. And I'd be like, look what I've got right now. You know, rather than screaming past in uncomfortable seats and looking cool, I'd rather my friends be sat there enjoying that slice of life as we slowly cruise down the road in absolute comfort. I love that picture. Good answer, Richard. But I want to ask, Arif, what about you? Which would you go for? Uh, Rolls Royce, for sure. There's something about that Rolls Royce ghost that really speaks to me. It makes me wish I could find some corruption. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Yes, I'm glad you also said Rolls Royce. I'm glad both of you are taking the Rolls Royce because I'm going to take the Lamborghini. Oh, there you what? go. Why? And I'll tell you why. I will take it. I will park it in Langkawi. I'll get the tax lowered after two years. Then I'll flip it and make a bundle of money because it's the last model and it's a special edition. Your Rolls Royce will depreciate as the tan depreciates on the on the spirit of ecstasy. You see, Daniel, but... If we were this rich, we would right. not even think about resale value, though. Ah, so what you guys are saying is both of you are very rich and I'm not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of flipping and making some money. I do understand the Lamborghini thing, though. The only problem is it kind of still looks like, you know, any other Lamborghini. It doesn't look special. It, it, it is special, but it doesn't look special. But yeah, you're right, though, about the resale value thing. Because Lamborghinis, apparently, they said in the press release, it's their last ever naturally aspirated V12. So right. that is something to hang on to, a Lambo V12. Yeah. yeah. But you know, if you're rich enough, you'll buy both. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you're buying the Lamborghini last ever naturally aspirated vehicle, yeah, the likelihood is that you're going to be one of those people who buy it and park it in a garage because it's like, see, I've got the last ever model. Whereas if you've got the Rolls Royce, which are, are not more common, uh, arguably, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm going with this, right? Exactly. The Rolls Royce buyer is going to be, be using it every day. This time, so you'll be rich enough. Not to bother with a tax-free price. He'll want a full full price because he wants to use it daily, you know? Okay. Shall we come back down to earth now? Shall we, you know? Yes, please. Yes, please. Something more in our price range. <sighs> okay. Um, we're going to take a short break whilst we catch our breaths and, you know, um, bring ourselves back down to earth and stop floating around in the clouds so much. We can't afford a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini. Maybe one of those Hot Wheels ones. If you have a Hot Wheels one, feel free to send it to us. We're in the Ken building at TTDI. Anyway, <laughs> time for a short break. When we come back, a new car review of something that we could probably afford it's a toyota camry and it's their facelift we'll be right back after these messages here on bfm 89.9 
Farming Frustrated Minds. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to the third part of Cruise Control tonight. Uh, I'm on the show with Ari Fruz and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, fellas. Hello. Good evening. And I hope that you're not having any flood issues in your area. And if you're only just joining us, we did talk about floods. We did talk about rain. We had a discussion about wagons. We spoke about the Hyundai Ionic 5 and a Rolls Royce and a Lamborghini. And now it's Toyota's turn. Okay, so this is a brand new Akela, not the right word. Like, this is a facelift Toyota Camry. Like. One quick look, you'll say, hey, not so much different from the other one. Well, the differences are very small on the exterior. The real light treatment is the same. They've got a different set of alloys. That's not important. The front, the light treatment is different. The grille, the nose, the bumper, all slightly tweaked. But the biggest difference is this. It's got a new generation 2.5 engine and it's called the dynamic force engine this is an engine that's also shared uh, quietly with its lexus division okay mm. and it's running with an eight-speed conventional automatic transmission which is smooth slick and this what's make this is what makes the toyota always slightly you know better than the the competition when i say better means they go for things that are not too complicated you know Mm -hmm. So ultimately, you're talking about better reliability, better long-term usage. It's more difficult to break as such. They're not interested in double-clutch gearboxes, you know, fancy shifting technology and all that. Simple, straightforward, it works, it works well, and it will not give you problem even after the warranty. Okay? Now, this, this latest version is selling for 199,000 ringgit. So we got to test drive it. And immediately, we realized that sitting in front, all you see, okay, la, you know, leather is a bit better, fit and finish a bit better. you got a bigger screen for your infotainment, Apple Android connectivity. Uh, you know, the graphics are slightly better. you got a little more features. But you got a full set of Toyota Safety Sense included. Toyota Safety Sense is the branding for their full suite of safety features. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a long list. It's got everything. You, 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 know, you can go and check it out in the showroom. But the most important thing is, which I, I realized that I had to get into the back seat. Now, why I say the back seat? When I got my wife to drive the car and I got into the back seat, that's when I realized how Toyota has moved the goalposts a little bit in this segment. The rear seat, if you pull the armrest down, like in the BMW 7 Series, you have adjustments for seat reclining, individual adjustments. What? Mm. Yes. In a Toyota. Yeah. So this is something you also get in the Lexus. Okay. So if you're sitting at the back, if two people are sitting at the back, each have their own reclining function and it's done with power. So Gayala, you know, you press a button and the seat reclines and you can lie down a bit. Not 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 full recline like a captain's chair because there's no space, but there's enough recline for you to, you know, have a little bit of a snooze. Number two, you have your own aircon temperature mm. and fan blower to check and you can also work the entertainment unit. So if you're able to do all this, and it's on a nice, clear piano finish, black panel, that's lit up when you switch it on. There's a little button, you switch it on, it comes on and everything is touched. So when you got something like this working, it's definitely designated for an executive with a chauffeur. Aha. Uh-huh. You guys have been to Japan, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
Rich, you have as well, right? I have not, right? No. Oh, he's not lucky. Not a lucky man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, the cabs in Japan, they're all like Toyota Crowns and Toyota Mark 10s, right? Mark X or whatever. I, I, I wouldn't know. When I went to Japan, I took the train. I couldn't afford taxi. Okay, t- tell us, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, those taxis there, they all have these like super executive features where, you know, Correct. you can control the front seat and the back seat. You can they have all of these features. And I used to always think that, you know, when you come back to Malaysia and you had to pay 200000 ringgit for Camry last time you don't really have those features that seems like a missing thing but right now it has those and it kind of just lifts it up a little bit correct and you know in Japan when you're talking about the taxis if you, talk, if you get the basic taxi the square boxy one you don't get those features it's only the premium taxi which is the in Tokyo it's the white one with the blue lining on it yeah yeah and that's a royal crown you know it's I think it's a three liter if I'm not mistaken or a 3.5 so can you imagine features from a royal crown coming down to a Toyota Camry those Royal Crowns also had like automatic swing vents. Does this car yes, have those? Yes. No, it, it doesn't have this. Yeah, I know the aircon <laughs> vents and swing, yes. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have, you know. But this car is fully kitted out. At the back, it's comfortable. It's got wide seats. I mean, if if, if you're even a sumo wrestler, you'll get comfortable at the back, you know. Uh, Richard's height, no problem, as long as the driver in front is not taller than Richard. A um, mm. lot of space. It's a big car. It sits a little bit low. That's my only concern. This car actually sits a little bit low. It's It's got a very sleek, spotty, streamlined shape, which is like almost like the Volkswagen Arteon and the Audi A5 Sportback, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yet, it's a sedan. Now, when you compare it to its nearest rival, and I think, for me, a lot of people say, oh, the Honda Accord is the nearest rival. But the Honda Accord is a 1.5 turbo. They've changed their whole configuration. They've made it more sporty. Even though it's a big car, it's got a lot of space. But they've, they've catering to a different clientele. I think the direct competitor to this at the moment is the Mazda 6 2.5. What about the Sonata? The Sonata, it's a nice car, but it just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't attract enough attention. Like I said, the Hyundai name, you know, there's something with the Hyundai name when it comes to normal cars. People tend to think, why am I paying so much for a Hyundai? They are good cars. They're good warranty, good backup service. They got great features. But somehow or other, people in Malaysia, in We've, we've talked about it before. In Australia, New Zealand, and Singapore, Hyundai and Kia sell like crazy, you know? Mm, mm. But this part of the world, they don't seem to have that kind of uh, appeal. But again, the Mazda 6 is a direct competitor. 2.5 engine also, great features. Doesn't have that electronic thing at the back for the seats, yes. But but I think the next generation Mazda 6 might surprise us. But anyway, for now, this Toyota Camry sits in its own little bubble. 199,000 ringgit. It's a lot of money. And I can mm. see a lot of people saying, you know, 199000 for a Camry. I pay another 60000 I get a Mercedes. Or I pay the same amount of money, I get a Recon Mercedes. True. But you're getting a Toyota. You're getting full reliability after sales. Plus, being a local assembled car, you know, if you're a company director, you want to get a fleet. Or, you know, if you're a government executive or, you know, someone who needs to get, get something that's local assembled to get the tax, the tax rebate. This looks like a very interesting choice. I totally agree. You heard it here first. If I was a chief minister, I would buy one. No la. <laughs> I like it. I do like it. I have to. You admit. like it? The chief minister won't like it lah. He wants alpha lah. He wants alpha for sure. I really do like how good this new Camry looks. I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures of like the uh, the American version. There, it's called the XVE or something like that. That looks well. a lot better. That that. Front nose looks so much more aggressive. Big wheels, nice body kit, mm. four exhausts. If only they brought it here, and then the Camry could be less uncle. 
correct, correct. But that's a purely North American market. You can't, you can't have that here. It's like even when they had a, the Toyota had operations in Australia, mm. the Toyota Australia was always, the Camry in Australia was always different. It's called the Avalon. Oh, yeah. A few units did come to Malaysia, but it was a 3.5, a six-cylinder. It had a lot of kit on it, but, you know, they can't sell it here. The Camry's gotten facelifted. We've got the new Accord, which is apparently very good next year. We should see the new Mazda 6. Right. Um, and as usual, you know, with lifecycle updates uh, or facelifts, do you think this Camry can stand the test of time, like in, in the next few years? I think by the time the new Mazda 6 comes, they're going to have some problems because the Mazda will offer a lot more new features because it's, it's normal. Any new car company that's putting out a new product will see what's the market leader right now and tick all the boxes and more to make sure when they launch, they're way ahead. And this is the market leader. Yes. And then we got to wait for, you know, Toyota to say, okay, let's come up with another new Camry. And then, you know, the game keeps going on, you know. Let me wrap up then, shall I, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Wow, what a show today. It's been full of stuff. We've had rains and floods and discussions about wagons all over again, as if we don't talk about them every other week. Uh, then we've had some car launches. The Hyundai Ionic 5, a Rolls-Royce made an appearance, a Lamborghini came and then left, and then we wrapped up with the Toyota Camry facelift. If you missed any part of this show, as usual, download the podcast. It's available via the website, or you can get it from the BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. As usual, if you're interested in any of the content that we've done today and you want to check out some pretty pictures head over to our instagram page it's available at bfm cruise control there you go my name is rich bradbury on behalf of arif ruse the man with the news daniel fernandez from dsf.my it's time for us to wrap up for this week we'll be back same time same place next week here on bfm 89.9 the business station for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station